Is college a good investment? Find out on today's episode. Today's episode is brought to you by SEO ProLab, the company that I trust to keep ServnoMaster at the top of Google. To save 10%, use the coupon code ServnoMaster at checkout. Go to servnomaster.com backslash SEO today. Are you tired of dealing with your boss? Do you feel underpaid and underappreciated? If you want to make it online, fire your boss and start living your retirement dreams now. Then you've come to the right place. Welcome to Serve No Master Podcast, where you'll learn how to open new revenue streams and make money while you sleep. Presented live from a tropical island in the South Pacific by best-selling author, Jonathan Green. Now, here's your host. It's the rainy season here on my little island, so of course, it's raining again. But I just couldn't wait to share with you this morning something I've been working on for a while. I've gotten a couple of emails lately from teachers and principals, people in the educational industry. And I kind of wanted to go to the next level. You know, there's always talk about the quality of public education and private versus public and vouchers and all that stuff. And of course, I think a lot of what we teach in high school isn't in the right direction because we just don't cover practical stuff. I have no problem with learning math and history and science. I think those are all very valuable but I wish we also learned skills. By the time we get to college, there are people who graduate college with three or four years of studying stuff that's totally worthless. There's no job, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. And it reminds me of this really great movie, one of my favorite movies. It's pretty unknown, but it's a Val Kilmer movie called Spartan. It's a really good spy movie where the president's daughter gets kidnapped and he's the special guy who's sent out to find her wherever she is in the world. And he meets this lady who's going to be his assistant. She's like a knife fighting teacher. And he has this really great line. It's pretty intense. And she said, he says, what do you do? And she says, I teach knife fighting. He goes, you shouldn't do that. Teach them how to kill. That way, if you meet some guy who only learned knife fighting, you can kill him. You learn the, the real skill. And the reason I like this line is because it's such good language. The goal of knife fighting class is not to knife fight. We don't, and especially in the military, we don't learn a skill in the military just to learn the skill. We want to focus on the real destination. For many parents, especially people who either didn't go to college or who kind of have a 50-year-old perspective on how colleges work, they think of college as the end result, like, oh, you have to go to college. And they don't have a plan for their parent, child after that. We have this idea that there's a moment when we've succeeded as parents. When is that moment? What's that line for us? So for many parents, and I totally understand this, my parents did the exact same thing to me. They say, oh, I will have succeeded the moment you leave the house at 18 and go into the dorms and you've gone to college. That's the moment of success for me. That's the moment when I will have crossed that line. So we have that as our measurement. Unfortunately, that's a really bad line. Because college is not a destination. College is a tool. College is an investment. College is a place where we spend a great deal of money to give our children the ability to make more money. That's the idea. It's an investment. And just like any other investment, you should look at the numbers and the statistics to see if it's financially viable, if it's the right decision. So let's look at some of those numbers. And I've got some pretty interesting statistics. I've been doing a little research over the last week. You know, normally I just, I know, normally I just say I'll look up the statistics later, but this time I did it in advance. This time I got some really good notes together because I've been thinking about this for a little while. And it takes the average person 12 years to pay off their college loan, according to the college board. So most people, they graduate at 22. At 34, they're finally free of debt. So the first thing we know about college is that 
Our children get four years of education and partying and having fun and learning, and they pay three times that much in the weight of having debt on their shoulders. And I really am not a big believer of paying through debt. People all the time want to go through one of my courses and they can't afford it. They want to put on a credit card, they want to borrow money, or they want to do a payment plan. And then it becomes a pressure or a stress. Now, I have a course that's absolutely free, my Make $1,000 a Month program. A couple of episodes, episodes 114 and 115, I cover exactly how to do all of that stuff. I go in great detail on how to hit that number. And if you go through one of those programs and you follow the steps, you can then afford anything I sell. So I teach you how to make the money before I charge you anything for it because I practice what I preach. College is the opposite. College, we train our children to take on massive debt and it teaches them a new mindset, which is do now, pay later. And I am 100% a victim of this mindset. I am still recovering from that mindset and trying to change into the mindset of wait till you have the money and then buy it. The United States, 100 years ago, had some of the greatest savings in the world. Every single person was ahead financially. And then banks came out with credit cards and we shifted from a nation of people who have 10% more than they spend to a nation who spends 10% more than they make. We've reversed everything. And you can thank the banks for all that. It's an unfortunate shift. And do you want to pass this lesson on to your children? Now, I know there are people who listen and there are plenty of people who can simply afford to send their children to college. They save the money. So the children don't have to face that. That doesn't apply to everyone. We've got some more numbers to look at before we jump into that. But I just want you to think about the way we've structured education in America. Now, this is actually an America-only situation. Most other countries treat higher education as more of a right. And it's a continuation of the public education system. Many countries, such as Germany, college is just free. And that's why in Germany, you have people go to college for 10 or 20 years, because it's just free forever. It's a way of hiding from adult responsibility, or it's a great place to go when the economy dips. Now, you do make more money if you go to college. Statistics say you make about two-thirds more money, or uh, you'll make maybe 66% more money if you go to college than if you didn't. Now, it's very important to understand the way this statistic works, because as with most statistics, they're kind of hiding a key component. The two groups of people they compare are people who go to college and people who don't, but most people who don't go to college don't go because they either can't get in or more likely they can't afford it. If you don't have good enough grades to get into a college that lets in people who can't afford it and gives them scholarships, then you're in a different category. So we're kind of mingling intelligence and effort and all the things that go into doing well in school with actually making the decision. So we're really splitting two groups of people, people who can't afford to go to college and people who can't. Those are the two groups. So this make more money is a little misleading. It's kind of like saying the top 10% of graduates from high school, people with the 10, top 10% of their class make more money than the bottom 10%. So we're a little bit mixing two things here and they're giving college a little more credit than it should. And that's why we want to think about these numbers. And you may disagree with me. And if you have a logic behind it, great, leave it in the comments below. I'm always willing to look at other things, but this is my perspective. And this is what I see from my research. Now, let's look at really specific numbers. So when you finally pay off your student loan around 34, the studies show that the average college graduate is going to make $40,944 a year. You pay for college, you graduate. Ten years later, you're making $40,000 a year. Now, that's not that great. It's a lot less than I make, and it's certainly less. It's not enough to support my family. But it's very close to what I was making when I was at the university. It's a little bit more than that, but I was also a year younger than this list. Now, a high school graduate will be making 31807 
So that's where that difference is, right? That $10,000 a year difference. Neither of these numbers is great. In our society where things are getting more and more expensive, prices are always going up, both of these numbers are hard to live on. But this is where you get. So you say, oh, if I go to college, I'll make $10,000 more a year in my 30s. But is it true? A lot of these statistics, again, come down to other factors, not purely education. Let's go deeper. How much does college actually cost? Just for the meal plan, just to feed your kid every year, every two semesters, so full student year, it's $4,500. $4,500 of paying the school to feed your kid, which is 70% more money that it would cost for your child to feed themselves. See, we have this idea that universities are beneficent, that they're out there to help your child, but they're not. They're a business, and you need to treat businesses like a business. So they do everything they can to squeeze every penny they can out of your child. Now, Every university out there always says the same thing. Oh, we're really struggling. We need all this money, yada, yada. Every university gets huge amounts of money in federal grants for their research departments, their science departments, and they all have massive amounts of money from alumni as well. Some of these universities, which charge huge amounts of money, have over a billion dollars in their endowment funds. They have huge, huge amounts of money. And they pretend that, oh, we just need it because these kids are really... Yeah, we want to give you a good education. We have to pay the teachers. But why do you have to pay triple what you would to feed yourself? The lowest you're going to pay for public state school in states around $20,000 a year. And the average for out-of-state private school type stuff where you're paying at the higher end, right? For private college, it's $34,000 a year. So these numbers are obviously assuming kind of middle of the road schools, which nothing wrong with that. Or assuming you go to like university of your state. But if you want to go to like an Ivy League school, these numbers are totally wrong. They're now closer to $60,000 and $70,000 a year. And originally when I was going to give this talk, I was going to talk about, well, what could you do? $60,000 times four years, $204,000. But let's assume, okay, that you're going to go to a state school and there's nothing wrong with that. Totally fine. I almost went to University of Georgia. In fact, my father recently told me that he wished that's where I went instead of where I went for college, my first college degree, my undergraduate well, let's a little bit look at those numbers. So the cost of college at the bottom end of the price band is $80,000 in 12 years of debt. Is what you get in return for that worth it? Now, college is all about being an employee. It is not about taking control. Even schools that teach like leadership programs and my university had this course called leadership. And looking back now, I realize how ridiculous it is because they don't teach the type of leadership you really need. Real leadership is taught by the military. If you want to learn leadership when you're young, join the army or the Marines, be a second lieutenant, lead soldiers in a battle. You've got to be a leader. Guys who went through the military have that type of leadership built into them because it's so necessary. Okay, going to taking a class on leadership where you read some books on leadership is not the same thing. I have a great respect for the military because it's a very, very dangerous job. I have a lot of friends in the military, very tough. I'm not that tough, but they learn leadership in a real way. There's a big difference between swimming in the water and reading a book about swimming. Same thing for leadership. But we have the price now, $80,000, and you might have saved it up, okay? Now, if you have the money, we're going to talk about other ways you could spend and kind of think about it. And the 12 years of debt, those are kind of the two ends of the spectrum, and we all end up paying some combination of these two things. But there's some reasons to go to college. Most people say you should go to college to find yourself, to have a good time and party, to really let loose, to find a partner. A lot of people say, oh, I want to find my wife or my husband at college. And a lot of people get married to their college sweethearts. It's pretty normal. 
They say, oh, I want to try options, find myself, figure out what I want to do with the rest of my life, all these things. And there's so many degrees right now that I would say are worthless or completely ridiculous or such a waste of investment. Now, there are plenty of really good ones. You go to college, you get a degree and become a doctor. That makes sense. Whenever you're learning something where it's a specific skill, where the degree leads to a specific career, I'm fine with that. But some of the most popular degrees are things like social work, cosmetology, and there are more and more degrees that are built around uh, political correctness. When I was in England, people majored in American studies. And I said, wonderful, what do you do when you graduate? You have the same qualifications I had when I was 10, because I knew what it meant to be an American when I was 10. These degrees that have no destination are the ones that have the biggest problem with. What good is it to learn the history of racial problems in your city? And there's tons of degrees like that. And I always say, if you're just learning for the sake of learning, that's a fine degree. If you just want to be someone who can talk about all the racial tensions in America for the last hundred years, fine. Or tension between the genders, you know, all these different new studies that people think are really great, but what can you do when you graduate? For me, education is a business and an investment. It's only when you don't think about it correctly that you can justify crappy degrees. Now, if you have one of those degrees, I apologize, but let's be honest. You're listening to this podcast because you're not making enough money. That's a dead giveaway that the degree was a waste of your time. If you graduate with a degree in women's studies, the only thing you can do is then go and teach people on the same course. You become trapped in a cycle and it's very similar to a pyramid scheme. The only way to make money is to teach the people behind you. In a pyramid scheme, you have to get people younger than you or lower than you on the totem pole to invest money and that's where you make your money. You're not actually selling a thing, you're selling other people falling into the same trick. And that's what some of these degrees are. I can't make money doing something so I have to teach it to you and then when you graduate, the only thing you can do is teach it to the next people. That's the very definition of a pyramid scheme. Now, is there value in learning about history? Of course. I have a wife and daughter and sisters and a mom. I have no problem with learning those things. But when your major is something that will never make you money, you have a real problem because you spent money learning it. So then it becomes a negative investment. Hey, my parents spent $150,000 for me to earn a degree that I'll never make money from or earn a degree where I only have one option. I'm now trapped at 35 doing what I thought at 18 would be cool and fun and I'm stuck. All of this comes down because of the wrong mindset. College is an investment. You spend money in order to get the skill to make more money. It used to be the only way to get a really good job was to have a college degree. You spent money so that you would have a degree and therefore people would hire you. Or even longer ago, that's 50 years ago, 100 years ago, you had to go to the good schools in order to get the partnerships and relationships so that you could meet people and have access to business and networking and those deals. College no longer provides high-level networking. I have no business deals from people I went to college with. Most of them did the same thing most people went to high school with. Most of the people I know from college who are successful did the exact same thing most of the people who from my high school were successful did, and that is they worked for their parents. The majority of people I went to high school with work for their parents or are in the same industry as their parents or took over their parents' businesses. Very few people I know struck out on their own from either college or high school. So we don't get those networking values anymore. Now you're probably thinking that I hate college, but I don't. I hate the way it's shifted and the way we have approached it with the wrong mindset. You can go to college and learn to be a lawyer, fine. You can go to college and learn to be a doctor, fine, or a scientist. Those things all make sense to me. But do you really need to spend four years of college and hundreds of thousand dollars to learn how to sit in a cubicle and sell insurance over the phone? How do those two things connect? The way I look at college is to use a little formula I put together. You look at the cost, 
and then look at the skill you're paying for it. Is the skill you learn worth it? And then you look at the career value or the trajectory of your life. How much will increase your income? Now, we talked at the beginning, we talked at the beginning about how college costs a great deal of money, $8,000 and 12 years of debt at the very minimum, and how we compare these two groups of people and their income streams. So let's look at the two ends of the spectrum. Let's say you're a parent, just like me, and your child is 18, you're thinking about what to do. And you go, hey, it's going to cost me $20,000 a year to put this kid through college. And let me tell you something right now. That number is total garbage because it will cost you way more. I know because I was, I remember when I was in college, we all remember, we call our parents, hand you more money than this, and you more money than that. And if our parents can't afford it, we become one of those college kids who also works. Now, when I was in college, I looked at working as well. And I looked, the universities always provide jobs. And boy, do they underpay you. I mean, most of the jobs are like sitting in the gym or sitting in the library and you get to read and study most of the time, but they don't pay you a wage you'd earn somewhere else working like a real job, an out in the world job. College is one of those places that provides what I fear, which is where it controls where you live, what you eat and what you make. Those are too many things to have a single point of failure. But what could you do if you invested $20,000 a year in starting a business with your kid? The cost of starting a brick and mortar small business is around $25,000. Now, I'm not a believer in that method at all. You know, I don't like physical stuff. I'm very nervous about it. The thought of opening a store and having walls and stuff on the shelves you have to sell makes me nervous. That's not my business mindset at all, but that's what it costs. And they say that, you know, one out of five small businesses succeed. There's something like around an 80% failure rate in the first three years. So you need to start five small businesses for one to hit success. I guess that's the other way to look at the statistic. You could start a new business with your child every year for four years, and one of them's probably going to hit. See, if you start to look at comparing children who can afford college and are smart enough to college and go versus those who don't go, you start to see something very different. If you just looked at numbers for kids who went to college and dropped out, the numbers change. Now, these are hidden statistics. It's very hard to find these numbers, but these are things that I think about. My children could, are smart enough to go to college. I was more than smart enough to go to college. I got accepted to dozens of colleges. No problem. I'm lucky enough, if you want to call it luck, to be born with a baseline of intelligence. You know, whether you believe nature versus nurture, I don't know. And we'll talk more about the nature of luck in the next episode. I've got some cool things coming up where we're going to talk about uh, the different types of failure and how luck really works in our society and understanding how we often misinterpret luck. But wherever intelligence comes from, whether it's from nature or nurture, it's from, from your blood or from your parents teaching you, my children will have enough intelligence to be able to get into college. Okay? Let's just assume that. I could be dead wrong. Maybe I, my children will grow up and they won't be able to, but I'm hoping. It then becomes a decision of choice. And when you have the choice of how to invest your money, it's different. What you could do is invest in a bunch of startups. You could invest $5,000 into a spectrum of startups, into four startups a year. At the end of four years, you've invested in 16 startups. And the odds are that one of them will hit. The odds are now in your favor. If you've spread them right. And I actually recommend reading the book, Black Swan. It's one of the best investment books ever. It kind of explains how to manage risk in a really, really smart way. The reason most people fail an investment is because they either go all risk or all safe. And it talks about the right way to invest enough in safe to cover your risk and do 90% safe, 10% risk, because there's always surprises. There's always shocks to the market. That's what a black swan is. It's an unexpected shock to the market, but they can't be predicted because something always happens. In 2008, they had the guy on TV and they go, you predicted this housing crisis. And he goes, no, I didn't. I said something would happen. I didn't say what it was. 
And understanding the way shocks work and the way the unexpected works is how you can invest that money. Now, again, I'm not an investment guy. I'm not a stock guy. I'm not a Forex guy. I'm not a startup investor guy. Those are outside my areas of expertise. My area of expertise is starting a small business online. And that costs way less than $20,000 a year. You could use that same money to give your child some breathing room to start building an online business. And if you're listening to these lessons with your children, that's great because your children can start now. I plan for my children to start working when they're around 12. Now, obviously, they won't be able to work at the same level as me, but I expect them to start dabbling online. And definitely by the time they're 16, they need to be driving their own revenue. And that's not that crazy. It's better than working at a factory, isn't it? I'm talking about working after school for a couple hours a day and really focusing on what's important, which is making money. The purpose of college is to get you the skills to make money. Going to college to find yourself, hey, look, I did all that stuff. I partied through college. I did some crazy stuff. I did some stuff in college that I don't really want to talk about on a podcast 15 years later. The statute of limitations is passed on pretty much everything I've ever been involved in. Okay. All the dumb, dumb mistakes, but I still would rather not make a permanent record with my voice. Some of the stuff I'll write about occasionally, but I definitely don't want to talk about it. College is a great fun time, but the value of college is dropping through the floor while the price goes up. Very few people who graduate college get great jobs. My college, and they all do this, okay? The first thing they tell you is, hey, we have a percentage of people who get a job right after college. And they'll say, this is the percentage of people that find a job after college. Now, I'll tell you right now, they're lying. They're straight up lying to your face because what they're not telling you is the type of job they get. If you graduate from law school, and that's not the same thing, law schools will say, oh, 70% of our graduates find employment. They're including the kids who graduate and work at McDonald's. They get this expensive degree. Now, law school is crazy expensive, and they're working minimum wage. There's a very large percentage of college graduates in their early 20s earning minimum wage. And I know this because I see this all the time. I know people doing this. I know people in that space, and it's unfortunate. You spend hundreds of thousands of dollars. You buy this degree. You weren't really thinking about it, and so your grades weren't great. You did okay, and your degree is in a subject that no one cares about. Now, my degree, my undergraduate degree, is in Southeast Asian Studies. Sounds dumb. Remember, I was making fun of American studies earlier. Well, it looks like I got something very similar. Now, the thing is, I use my degree in a way. See, I originally wanted to either work for the FBI or the CIA or the State Department. I wanted to work for the government. I was a big believer in government when I was younger. Obviously, things have changed. But I wanted to uh, go into those fields. I knew you had to be an expert. Now, of course, things shifted. And the Middle East is really what you have to be an expert in to get those great jobs because they're not looking for people that speak Japanese anymore as translators at the FBI. They're looking for people that speak Urdu and Pashto and all these other Middle Eastern languages because that's become the focus in Russian, of course, is always valuable. There's not a lot of American spying or interactions with Japan in that way. So there's not a lot of work in that field. But Japanese is my language. I studied all the Southeast Asian countries and now I live in Asia. So in a small way, it paid off, but only in the sense that I knew a little bit of history before I moved here. From what I actually learned in the course, I don't use any of that. But at least I kind of had an idea of what I want to do when I graduate. But what's interesting is what happened when I graduate. I said, hey, you guys said everyone gets a job. Help me get a job. And that's when I discovered that you're totally out of luck. Colleges have almost no ability to help you get a job. Their promises are straight up lies. Because the people who work in those departments, and this is something that I've started to look at more and more. Most of the people who work in the department at your college to help you find jobs, they went to that college. They couldn't find a job anywhere else, so now they work for the college. I never trust people who graduate from a college and then they work there. 
because they've never gone out into the real world. Just like I don't trust people who teach business, economics, and MBA courses who've never run a business. When I take martial arts classes, I want to take them from someone who's been in a fight. Why would I want to learn how to start a business if someone's never done it? It's the same reason when I do coaching, I do it all myself. Now, I've been in situations before, especially when I was starting, where certain people provide me with coaching. They say, hey, we're going to teach you. Yada, and I go, you do it myself, they, yourself. They go, no, I got someone who works for me to do it. I go, why would I want to learn how to be an entrepreneur from someone who's never done it? Okay. I want to learn from people who've been there, not people who've read about it. Because if you're an employee coaching and teaching people how to be entrepreneurs, obviously everything you know doesn't work or you would be doing it yourself. It's a bit of reductionism, but think about that. You're teaching a skill, how to make tons of money, but then you're not doing it yourself. Must not work, whatever you're teaching. So when you're looking at college, think about the cost and think about what you can teach your children instead. For $80,000, what skills could you give to your child which would allow them to take care of themselves for the rest of their life. And remember, our goal is to get your child able to make $40,000 a year by the 30s. If you can do that, then college is a waste. And is that really that high of a goal? Is $36,000 a year, $40,000 a year, are these numbers too hard to hit? If you look at certain professions, garbage collectors make more than that, and they should, that job is hard. I mean, it's horrible. Just any job that was ever on that TV show, Dirty Jobs makes more than that. And that was an entire TV show with hundreds of jobs that I could never do. See, we live in a society right now that kind of has all this respect for graduating college and being a drone. But then there's other jobs where you have a little more control of your life, make more money. Working on an oil rig, whoa, you make big money. I mean, it's a little bit dangerous and it's real tough. And you pretty much have to be a guy. Uh, it's one of the professions that's like 99% male because all it is is lifting and moving around really big, dangerous pipes. It's crazy dangerous. There are some women who do it. But it's a very physical job, and it's one of those fields that no one ever complains about the gender split. And that's because it's very physically demanding, very dangerous. It's one of the top 10 more dangerous jobs. But it's one you can do where you work a month on and a month off or a month on and two months off and make a lot of money. The reason you make a lot of money is because it's so dangerous. You can become a fisherman in Alaska. So there's lots of these jobs, okay, that are super dangerous to make good money. You know, you don't have to go into danger to make good money. You can also go into gross. Mm-hmm clean toilets, clean crime scenes. There's a lot of options. But I just want you to think about, can you help your child build a business that in 15 years, they'll make just $3,000 a month? If you can, then college is a poor investment. Now, let's get practical. I'm talking about college numbers. Let me talk about my own numbers. I have a course right now, absolutely free. It's called Make $1,000 a Month. It's podcast episode 114. There's a couple of follow-ups to that where I go into more detail about how to grow that. But let's say you, you just do that. That's a course in how someone can make $1,000 a month working about 40 hours a month. Okay? It's not a full-time job. It's a part-time job. It's a two hours a day, Monday to Friday job. If you impart that skill to your child and you work with your child and you teach them that, they're selling time for money. Okay? Your child immediately will be making $1,000 a month. That's $12,000 a year. They're now more than 25% of the way to the goal right out the gate. If your child chooses to work full-time, if you get your child and say, hey, you sit down every day for eight hours and you write, your child will make $4,000 a month. This is $48,000 a year. Your child is now making more money than college, and it's something that I teach you for free. Now, this is not the end of the journey of what I teach. It's the beginning. And I go into more detail in episode 115 and in some training videos about how to get more jobs, how to get more high-ticket jobs. This is at the bottom of the market as a beginner. If you take this skill and you're making $4,000 a month at 18, 19, by the time they're 30, they'll be making maybe 20, $20,000 a month. 
make it real money because you can continue to grow. High-end ghost riders easily make a quarter million dollars a year, no problem. There's jobs like that all the time at the higher end, and you can certainly get there after decade of experience and even a couple years of experience. So when I look at college, I compare the numbers to other options. For free, you can give your child a skill that makes them more money. So then when you're looking at college, think, okay, what is my child going to graduate with? You know, when I went to college, they give you a year to choose your major. I think I changed major two or three times. I actually, and the reason that my grades were so low, the reason I graduated at the bottom of my class in college is because I tried to learn programming. I wanted to learn website design. Unfortunately, the people who taught the computer department, and this is always a sign of a big problem, were husband and wife. Whenever I've encountered two people and one's the boss or their partners in a business and it's a husband and wife, I've always regretted it. Because when you're married, mix business and pleasure, friendship and work, marriage and work, whenever there's a problem at work, you mask it. So I went in wanting to learn website design. I actually wanted to learn what I do now all the way back when I was 18. So I go into this class, well, maybe I'm 19 or 20. It wasn't my freshman year. I think it was my sophomore year. And they're teaching you how to write a program to make dice roll. This is like the first program they teach you in computer science. And I go, oh my gosh, this is worthless. I would say that what they were teaching on that course was totally worthless for modern technology. There's nothing about website design, nothing about stuff that's practical. It was all these like creating programs that there already exist. And okay, all of them are free. You can get the code for every single program they taught for free because they're open source and you can use them in your own programs. Do I really need a random number generator? There's millions online, okay? That's the computer name for rolling a dice. But that's what they want to teach me. And so I got a really low grade in the class because I realized it was crap. And the class was taught from 6 to 9 a.m. Okay, who teaches a college class at 6 in the morning? It was a three-hour class once a week. I probably made it to half of them. Lectures were boring. The material was worthless. And it had no practical ability. The teachers never thought, hey, what can someone do when they know this stuff? Now, what they were teaching... If there was more infrastructure, would have been a great intro if I wanted to go into like robotics or that type of programming, okay? An older style type of programming, which is important if I wanted to send spaceships to the moon. This is the type of stuff you got to know. That's not what I wanted to do. And it's not what most people wanted to do. And my school didn't have the following courses to kind of teach all that stuff. They didn't have a full computer sciences program where you graduate with the ability to do stuff like you do from MIT. So they just had a couple of these smaller courses that you could take in addition to other stuff. And they gave me horrible grades and it messed with a lot of my life. And I learned, you know, pushed me away from what I want to do for a long time. So I actually had an interest in what I do now way early, but I got pushed away from it. And actually several times in my life, I got close to doing stuff online and I ran into bad teachers and bad courses. The ability to choose a bad degree is dangerous. You can send your child to a really good school and they can end up with a degree in feminist chemistry. Here's the thing. I don't even know what that means. My sister took a class on underwater basket weaving. We have these courses that we're developing now and there's no job for it. There's no such thing as a feminist chemist. There's no job where they say, oh, we're looking for feminist chemists. That's my problem with that. I don't care what you're learning. I care if it turns into a job. All of these degrees more and more where you basically, your only available job afterwards is activist. Now, when you're a professional activist, you're also a professional beggar. You have to raise money and raise funding. Now, that's a path you can go down if you're a big believer, and there are certainly charities that I donate to and charities I believe in. I have no problem with any of that. But do you need to go to college to develop the ability to complain about stuff and ask for money? I just look at all these people who 
their parents spent a great deal of money and they're now unable to support themselves. If they ever leave their cause behind, if they ever mature, and as you know, many people, their political opinions and things like that change over time as we get older, or the things we want to be activist about. The causes I cared about when I was 18 are different than the cause I care about in my 30s. But you're not allowed to change because you're trapped because you don't have a marketable skill. So when you're thinking about sending your child to college and you realize they can choose whatever degree they want, there's a very good chance they'll choose a crappy one. And you're stuck because then you, you say, what are you doing? You won't be able to do anything. You know, it's my life. You end up with one of those like, sitcom fights where they go, no, it's my life. I want to choose what I want to do with my life. And you know, man, you're spending $100,000 know, to learn how to do nothing. That's not what I want. Whether it's a degree in American history or... I love history. Actually, you know, a lot of my degree is history. It's just unfortunate when you have a degree in history, you pretty much all you can do is become a history teacher. We're back into that pyramid scheme again. So there's a lot of cool things you can learn in school. And I think they're fine as minors, but they shouldn't be majors. It's very hard. Even stuff that I think is really cool, you know, art history degree. Wow, that's really cool. How many jobs are there for museum curators? Not that many. I know this because one of my siblings has that degree. That's why she had to go to graduate school and get a different skill. You can learn wonderful things in college, and it's very fun to learn for the purpose of learning. These are all things you can learn from books and the internet now. If you want to learn art history, all you got to do is go online. There's tons of, you can look at a picture of everything. You don't have to go to college to get the book anymore. Everything they teach you is free. There's tons of free universities online. There's a lot of universities that teach free classes online. There's tons and tons of stuff you can learn when you're learning for this purpose of learning online and for free. You don't have to invest huge amounts of money. So to circle back, and maybe you think some of the degrees I talked about were great and so valuable. It's not the content. I want to be very clear. I have no problem with learning the content. What I have a problem with is paying a huge amount of money to learn something where there's no return on your investment. You're paying for your kid to go to college so your kid can make enough money to support themselves. And when they graduate, your child is going to discover, just as I did, that department that helps you find jobs has no idea what to do. They don't know what they're doing. They basically help you a little bit sketch out a resume. Their job is to get you to take any job they can. Okay, one of the things they try and do is tell you to be like a realtor or something, which is where it's you're self-employed and they can say you have a job even though you're not making any money. My friend was a realtor for a while. He didn't sell a single house, but it counts as being employed as far as the college is concerned. So they're really focused on massaging their numbers because they're a business. The higher they can say their closure rate is or the percentage of graduates who get jobs is, more money they can charge. So manipulating the numbers any way they can makes them more money. Is it unethical? I'm not really sure. I'm not sure that it's unethical because they're very careful not to say good job or high paying job or safe job, but they definitely skirt the line in honesty. And that's why I think there are better ways to invest your money. So I hope I've answered your question today about whether or not college is a good investment. There are cases where it definitely is, doctor, lawyer, scientist, where you're learning specific skills. But if you're going to college to discover yourself, or you're going to graduate college with a degree that doesn't lead to any monetization, and college is a terrible investment. And there are far better ways to raise, train, educate, and prepare your children to have amazing lives. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Serve No Master. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss another episode. We'll be back tomorrow with more tips and tactics on how to escape that rat race. Head over to servenomaster.com forward slash podcasts now for your chance to win a free copy of Jonathan's bestseller, Serve No Master. All you have to do is leave a five-star review of this podcast. See you tomorrow. 
thank you for listening to this episode of the Serve No Master podcast. To find out how you can get a free copy of my new book, head over to servenomaster.com backslash podcasts right now.